powerful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning and welcome to Real Presence Live. I am Heather Caro. I am your host this morning on this beautiful Thursday, October 19th morning. Thank you for joining me. I'm hosting today from the box room, the infamous box room at the Mustard Seed here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I appreciate you joining me. And usually the host will do the morning prayer to get us started off the right way. But I have a great duo a great couple of guests that are my first guests, Patrick McGuire and Father Eric Seitz. So I thought, if I have a priest in the house, let's have him start us with morning prayer. So Father, good morning. Good morning. Would you mind starting our show off with a prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for gathering us together today. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to worship you through your Son, Jesus Christ, in spirit and in truth. And as we gather as a church, as a community to worship you, give us the wisdom to know uh, how to worship you in the way that is most glorifying to your name and that brings salvation to souls. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to Patrick and Father Seitz. Good morning, gentlemen. Um, Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Patrick, I'll have you go first. Sure thing. So, like I said, I'm Patrick McGuire. I'm Director of Music at Saints Anna Joachim Catholic Church in Fargo. And I've been doing that for three years. also been involved for uh, about five, six years with the Diocese of Fargo Parish Musicians Workshop, which is what we're here to talk about today. So I have a heavy hand in that. Love doing all things sacred music, liturgical, beauty, all the good stuff. So Yeah. Wonderful. And how about you, Father Seitz? Where are you located now? Uh, I'm a priest of the Diocese of Fargo, North Dakota. I've been a priest for three years. And this summer, I was given the uh, opportunity to become the Director of Liturgy and Bishop Secretary for the Diocese of Fargo. So now I am taking on leadership for this Parish Musicians Workshop, and uh, I get to figure out what I'm doing. Well, and tell us a little bit. What is a, a musician's workshop? What is what are what are you guys talking about? So, there's a different theme every year, but the general idea of this parish musicians workshop is an opportunity for musicians in the diocese of Fargo. Whether you're just in the choir, you're just a, a average Joe singer in the pew, or a parish music director, or a priest, the opportunity to gather in community to learn and grow and develop your skill and your um, uh, your musicianship, uh, to pray, just to kind of a, a great recharge as a musician um, or anybody that just appreciates, enjoys sacred music at Mass. Um, so it's available to all kinds of different uh, people throughout our diocese. We've tried to make it as uh, applicable and accessible as possible to a wide variety of people that might attend. Um, and, and we have uh, numerous opportunities within the workshop to deepen skills in different areas uh, and also to pray and to, and to grow in love of the liturgy and uh, of sacred music. Beautiful. Well, and I'll ask this question. So you work with this day in and day out. What does it mean to you, Patrick, to um, have good liturgy and have good music? And um, how do you 
think that helps you worship? Well, the Catechism of the Catholic Church says that sacred music is a treasure of inestimable value. So uh, no pressure for all of us directors of music out there that uh, have to uphold that. Um, but it, yeah, you're right. It's very important. Uh, everybody experiences music in different ways. We have it in so, so many varieties of ways in our culture, um, the way that we listen to and appreciate music in different circumstances. So certainly when that comes into worship, now we're adding the element of prayer into music. That's a whole other level of... Um, uh, things that people are going to have opinions on, thoughts and feelings about, that sort of thing. And so it's a very tricky job to manage and do well, um, but we do our best as musicians in the church to follow the guidance of Holy Mother Church and to not get stuck in our own heads, to have other resources and other um, places where our, our knowledge comes from. And so that's part of, again, the, the reason for this workshop is to give everybody a chance to be exposed to the resources, be exposed to the literature of the church, of the, of the church fathers, and, and, and all the different figures throughout history that have written on liturgy and sacred music to ground us in what we do so that we can do it in a really good way. Yeah. So how do you know you're doing it in a good way? If you're the lector, how do you know if you're leading the charge and you're up there with a the microphone? How do you know if you're doing it the right way? Well, what I would say is that the uh, the church gives us some guidance on how we're supposed to be doing uh, every liturgical role. Mm -hmm. uh, it tells, you know, there should be a certain sense of decorum about it, a certain sense of uh, reverence and gravity, and then it tells you you know, kind of what you're supposed to do. I think about it in terms of a priest of what you're supposed to do with your hands, what you're mm. supposed to do with these, uh, these gestures and these things. And so I'd say as long as you're being uh, obedient to the vision of the liturgy of the church, uh, then you're doing it well. And it doesn't necessarily, you know, have to come with these great ecstatic feelings of union with God. Uh, but if you're just carrying out what the church is asking, then you're doing everything that uh, God would want. Beautiful. So this workshop, is that just for adults? Who's all invited to the workshop? Yeah, like I said before, there's a, a wide variety of people that come to this, whether you're just singing in the pew or you're the person picking out mm. music for your parish every single week. But we've had a great variety of people come, whether that's as far as age range goes. We've had uh, young students come before. Students are free, by the way big plug. Uh, students are free to attend, um, but then also people that have been doing this their their whole lives, um, either just singing in the church or being a church musician or being a priest, whatever it may be. So open to any and all people, not just in the Diocese of Fargo as well. We have other folks coming from the surrounding diocese as well. We've had that every year too. Hmm. Um, so it, it's starting to become a little bit more of a regional thing um, as, as well for people, which which we really enjoy. It's nice to have some good unity of worship in, in the region uh, where you live. Nice to, to bring everybody together and try to get an idea, the same concepts and, and whatnot that go into the liturgy, because I'm, I'm sure anybody that's a, a volunteer in your parish, whether that be as a lector or cantor or greeter or Eucharistic uh, Extraordinary Ministry of Holy Communion, whatever it may be, you get a, a quick training of some sorts because parish life is busy, there's a lot of things going on, uh, but how many chances do you get to sit down for a couple of days and just really grow in what you do in the liturgy and as mm -hmm. we've already stated you know music being such an integral part of what the liturgy is for our parishes it's good to take that time to get some formation and to grow in prayer and love and devotion but also skill in what we do absolutely so heading into this what let's give some dates and times and where people can find out more information as we're talking about this workshop absolutely so our title this year for the parish musician workshop is sacred music 
Popular Piety and the Parish Musician. It'll be November 3rd and 4th at St. Anagelicum Catholic Church here in Fargo. Uh, you can register for it on the Diocese of Fargo uh, website. You go to Diocese of Fargo Sacred Music. You'll see the poster there, and there's a registration link right there for you as well. Um, there's opportunities to visit with other parish musicians. You can have an individual voice lesson. We have Ooh. breakout sessions on a whole bunch of various topics we've been working on. We have adoration and silent prayer. We're also going to be doing the Liturgy of the Hours, teaching you how to pray uh, evening and morning prayer, uh, and a formal meal with Bishop Folda as we celebrate the Vigil Mass um, uh, on that Saturday evening, um, November 4th. I want to come just to the Mass so I can be part of everything. That's right. So the, the idea basically <laughs> is that on Friday we gather, we kind of split into three different choirs. There's kind of like a main, we call it the St. Cecilia Choir, that's kind of like the main part uh, group for part singing, soprano, alto, tenor, bass, harmony kind of stuff. There's mm-hmm. a chant school that kind of handles some some chant melodies and learning how to do that. And then there's a beginner choir that's kind of more so just for your um, your average singer. Maybe you're just somebody that sings in the pew you're, and, and you're not looking for any formal like learning how to sing like an opera star or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you just want to get some general technique things. And so each of the three groups takes different parts of the mass and we all come together and sing that for oh, the Saturday wow. night mass. And so you kind of learn a lot of things and then get a chance to offer offer it right away. And so if you're part of a rural parish, perhaps, you know, you might be singing in an ensemble that's 10 times the size of what you normally get to work with in your yeah. parish, which I think is a, a nice draw for some of our rural musicians that don't get a chance to do this all that often. A great opportunity to gather and sing with a lot of talented musicians. Absolutely. So I, I used to sing at my parish, um, and there were four of us. And I always wanted to do the alto portion, but I was too nervous because I would be the only one, right? Right. Yep. <laughs> And you're like, there's just some something nerve-wracking about being in front of a microphone and mm-hmm. having to sing alto. No thanks. Absolutely. And, but I think going to something like this would help me gain confidence in being able to do that. Because when you do add in those extra elements, it just makes it that more beautiful. Absolutely. And, and, and when they're done well, right? That's always the key. Yes. You, can have, you can have all kinds of things, but if it's not done well, it's not going to be very effective. But you're right. I think a lot of folks, more so than the talent, a lot of people say, oh, I'm not a good singer, or oh, I don't know how to read music, and whatever the... I've heard every excuse in the book, trust me. Right, right. Um, but, uh, but a lot of what I've learned in my short career as a professional musician, as a music educator, is that the number one thing people need is just affirmation and confidence. And if yes. that's the best thing I can do for people in a private voice lesson or as their uh, choral director and what we do here at the workshop, um, lots of confidence building, lots of affirmation. Yep, that's the right idea. Good. Nope, you've got that figured out. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, do that. Now just add this one piece. And all of a sudden, um, the the excitement that builds from the people that go out from this is really great. And, and I've, I've found them as we've done this over the last um, five, six years, uh, I end up staying in contact with a lot of people that come to the workshop and they ask me questions later on. We'll get a cup of coffee or have a phone call and they'll say, okay, I, you were talking about this. How do I bring that to my parish now? And that, that for uh, me is where things get really exciting because now we're seeing yep. some some progress happening at the parish level, which is our intention. It's not just meant to be a, oh, that nifty thing we did in the big church with all the people <laughs> in Fargo once a year and it's all done. But yeah. to, to take what you learn from that experience and grow even further and bring that back to your parish, bring that back to your pastor uh, and to everybody that worships together. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and just think, gentlemen, you are on uh, the airwaves across five states right now. So there might be some dioceses that are listening right now and some maybe um, liturgists that are listening thinking, you know, 
we should do something like that for our diocese. And so they're listening too, and maybe this will spread and help because there's nothing more powerful to me. And I'm very much a music person, and I don't know if that matters. I don't think it does. But there's nothing more powerful to me than good singing, good worship through singing. Mm -hmm. There's just nothing that compares to it for me. Absolutely. And, um, you know, just kind of taking over this... um this uh, workshop and, and learning about what's been going on here. Uh, I was edified to see how much uh, prayer was already being integrated into this uh, liturgy of the hours and also, um, you know, Eucharistic adoration and Lexio Divina prayer with sacred scripture. Um, I was just uh, deeply edified that, um, that this wasn't just people gathering together to har- uh, hone their skills and experience community. But in addition, you know, m- remembering that the final purpose of all of this is for uh, the glory of God and for uh, worship of him in spirit and truth. So uh, just very, very edified to see that it's all coming together already. And I don't, uh, <laughs> I could just keep it rolling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, folks, if you're just tuning in, uh, we are talking with Patrick McGuire and Father Eric Seitz. They are talking about a Fargo Diocesan Music Workshop that will be happening. Tell us the dates once again before we head to break. Sure, it's November 3rd and 4th coming up here at Saints and Angelicum Catholic Church. Again, you can find the registration link online at the Diocese of Fargo. If you go to the sacred music portion of the Diocese of Fargo website, you'll see the registration form and the poster with all the information on there for you. All right. So, folks, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to go to break a little bit early, Aaron, just to warn you. But um, when we get back, I wanted to talk a little bit more about liturgy and the importance of liturgy. And just for those that don't really know what that is, a little explanation on what it is. So, Father, you'll be up next after this break. Okie doke. <laughs> All right, folks, we're uh, broadcasting Real Presence Live this morning from the Mustard Seed here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I'm Heather Carroll, and I will be right back with more. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. What if you could earn a degree that offers the best of both worlds, an MBA and a master's degree in philosophy? The University of Mary offers one degree that combines world-class business training with a careful study of life's deepest questions through their combined MBA, MA, and philosophy program. By earning one degree in both philosophy and business online, you will rigorously engage the big ideas needed to address professional challenges. Visit catholicprofessional.life. Hi, I'm Father Chris Alar. In this world of suffering and pain today, we've all experienced some kind of loss, especially the death of a loved one. There's an opportunity for us to still help them, however, and I invite you to please visit our website, suicideandhope.com. If you have lost someone tragically, please enter their name. You do not have to put their full name. You can put initials or a first name or even a nickname. But I will personally pray for each and every person whose name is entered onto that website in memorial. I will also say a mass every month for these people, imploring God's mercy upon the salvation of their soul. So there is no obligation, there is no cost. All we ask is that you bring your heart and the love that you have for your loved one to our site, list them there, and allow us to pray for them. Again, suicide and hope. 
rpr.com. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning and welcome back. I am Heather Cara. I am your host this morning for Real Presence Live, broadcasting from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Thank you for joining me. I'm having a great conversation this morning with Patrick McGuire and Father Eric Seitz out of Fargo. We're talking about a Fargo Diocesan Music Workshop that's happening at the beginning of November. So, Father, at the beginning of the show, you uh, told us that you dealt with liturgy. And if anybody has watched a Mass or participated in a Mass with the bishop, there's a lot that goes into liturgy. Right. <laughs> and you're a new, newer priest, three years, you yep, said? Yep, yep. So, is that... A tall order, or is that something that you learn liturgy in seminary? Can you shed a little light on that? Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, uh, we had our uh, our liturgy workshops at uh, seminary, teaching us the uh, the practicals of what do you do with your hands, uh, how do you uh, get vested, all of these sorts of things. So that's definitely uh, something that was a part of our training. Um, all of the uh, liturgies that I do with the bishop now, that's on-the-job training. So, you mm. know, my predecessors have left behind extensive documentation, mm-hmm. you know, telling you when the bishop's mitre goes on, when to give him his crozier, when to take it back, all of those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. But uh, putting that all together in my head in the middle of uh, real-life <laughs> liturgy, it's just exciting. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would have note cards. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of breaks the solemnity of the occasion. But uh, sometimes I do need to, I do actually need to reference my notes, and I try yeah. to do so discreetly. Well, at least you have a nice bishop. Yes, yes, yes. He's he's very uh, merciful. So, for some of us lay folk out there, um, I used to be a sacristan uh, for a bishop, so I understand all the things that need to come out and all the different pieces that need to come out and how you do things differently. For those that don't even know what liturgy means, can you give us a nice basic description of that? Sure. So, uh, this liturgy comes to us from Greek, uh, the Greek word is liturgos, and um, it, it goes back, you know, farther than the church. Uh, a, li- uh, a liturgy in the ancient world was a time for people to gather together, time for them to uh, remember uh, their culture, remember their heritage, remember their, their stories, and to celebrate that all together. And so there would be a, a nobleman putting on a feast in honor of this or that god or this or that hero. Uh, <clears throat> they would have a, a play or they would have a speech or a song uh, written for the occasion, and then they would gather together to have a feast for that. Now, uh, I think this is in the letter to the Hebrews. Um, the author identifies Christ as a liturgist, as the one who's leading this worship, as the uh, as the nobleman who is who is sponsoring this whole event. And so, the way that this uh, has come 
into uh, the Christian understanding is that uh, Jesus is the one who is leading us in the worship of the Father. Hmm. And so we are participating in the worship of the Father uh, with Jesus as his body on earth, as the body of Christ. Uh, so that tells us that Jesus is the one who's in charge. It's not us, uh, which is why it's, it's important for us to, uh, to follow the tradition that's been handed on, uh, not to uh, make uh, the liturgy a place of our own uh, self-expression and self-identification, mm-hmm. but, but we're doing this with Jesus. We're worshiping the Father with Jesus. Uh, and the highest liturgy that the church has is the holy sacrifice of the Mass, where that supreme act of worship of the Father, uh, Jesus' self-sacrifice on the cross, we get to participate in that. Beautiful. Well, and I think, too, what is very fascinating, if you start, uh, if you're listening and you've never really dove into liturgy, but to just pull it apart and to see what all the different pieces mean, because everything has a purpose and a meaning behind it. And I think that's so beautiful. One of the things I always encourage my students to do, whether I I used to teach at the Catholic high school and middle school, um, is I would just encourage them to kind of be that annoying kid ask why. Like when you go to Mass, why is the priest doing that? Why are we doing this? You know, or, or what, what is it that we just said? It just ask those questions constantly. Be, you know, pester your, your parish priest or your parents or whatever it is. And, you know, same thing for all of us adults now, too. There's always something new to grow into. The more I've studied the liturgy, the more I've just been absolutely um, just in awe and amazement mm-hmm. of the depth and the beauty and the richness of what the things that we do mean and how far, like Father Seitz was talking about, how far this goes back. I mean, this is something that's so much bigger than all of us. Um, and uh, the Catechism says, uh, as it quotes a document, Sacrosanctum Concilium, says, the liturgy is the summit toward which the activity of the church is directed. It is also the font from which all her power flows. So again, it's not just, a, as Father Seitz was saying, it's not just a haphazard thing that we do for ourselves to make us feel good about Jesus. I mean, this is entirely integral to the church body itself. We are participating in that body of Christ unified in the liturgy together. Um, and that's a powerful, powerful thing. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, you know, this workshop that you're providing helps us to do that the best way we know how is from a music standpoint, because music plays a large part of, of our liturgy. Um, so can you do a quick rundown? I'm going to go back to focusing on this workshop, but can you do a quick rundown on what people can expect uh, from the event? Sure thing. So we get together on Friday, and um, we'll split up into three different choirs. There's kind of a a part-singing choir, there is a chant scola group, and then there's a beginner choir. So something for every level of singer, no matter uh, what your experience is. We'll go into rehearsals for those three groups throughout the weekend to prepare music for the vigil mass that we'll sing as kind of the culmination of all the events on November 4th. And intermixed in there, we'll have time for prayer in the Liturgy of the Hours, doing morning and evening prayer, and we'll teach everybody how to not only just pray that out loud, but then also to learn how to chant it as well, to do it in common with a whole group. That's one of the goals of the Second Vatican Council, is to encourage more of that in the parishes. That's a great thing you can bring back to your parish. Uh, but also some time for adoration and Lectio Divina, taking time for silent prayer and meditation, and then breakout sessions on the liturgy, on music, how to develop your skills, how to understand what the church is asking, where to look for those things, 
um, and private lessons on organ, piano, and voice. Just every, We're just kind of throwing mm. everything out there possible to give you whatever you're looking for as a parish musician or a priest or, or again, just somebody that's sitting in the pew that just wants more out of the liturgy. You want to get more and understand the depth behind what we're talking about here. There's something for everybody here to come away from. And then you had mentioned a Mass at the end, uh, where we get to hear everything put together. Is that open to the public, or is it just for those that are attending the workshop? Nope, open to the public. It's actually just the standard uh, uh, 5 p.m. Vigil Mass for St. Angelicum Catholic Parish. Oh, so we've perfect. worked very closely, obviously, myself being a, a parishioner and the director of music there, I've worked with our pastor to make sure that everything isn't going to be too crazy different from what we normally do in our own parish. But that Mass is certainly open to the public, and I highly encourage pe- people to come. It's, it's going to be a unique and beautiful experience you will not regret. Absolutely. So, like, once again, get, let's give the dates where people can uh, sign up. What's the cost to attend um, all those good yeah, things? Yeah, sure. Okay, so the dates again are November 3rd and November 4th. It's Friday, Saturday. And um, you can go to the Diocese of Fargo uh, website, fargodiocese.net, and uh, go to the Sacred Music page, and the registration form is right there on the page with a poster with some more information. And um, the cost is $50 for the whole weekend. That's all the music materials, all your meals, uh, all that good stuff is all covered within that registration. Um, I'd be willing to bet that your uh, pastor might be willing to help you a little bit with that registration form (laughs) if you are interested in that. Sorry, pastors, I'm going to throw you under the bus there. Um, But uh, definitely want to encourage as many people as possible to attend this uh, um, this event. So don't let cost be a factor. Get in touch with us if that's uh, something you need help with. Um, but yeah, that's uh, registration is um, closing Monday, October 30th. So make sure that you get your registrations in before then, Monday, October 30th deadline. And uh, we'll hope to see so many people on November 3rd and 4th at Saints Anne and Joachim in Fargo. And another thing that I want to throw in there is that this is not intended for experts, that this is not intended for uh, only those people who can quote uh, the catechism and Vatican documents <laughs> from memory or have uh, decades of church uh, ex- musician experience. Uh, we want musicians and the lay faithful of all skill levels and of all levels of involvement at their parishes to come to this. And so if you're like, you know, I've never even sang in a church choir before. I've only ever sang from the pews. Uh, I don't know if I belong here. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'll answer that question for you. You do belong here. If you've got a passion for sacred music or even just are curious about uh, learning a little bit more, uh, this is a place for you. Uh, We will work with whatever skill level that you come in with. Uh, We have a a place for you at the table. And there's a... To that point, that's good you bring that up, Father. I have a really good friend of mine that's attended this workshop now for the last two years, and she is not part of any parish choir. She's not a formal singer. She's never had any formal training. And she said, I was just kind of curious one year, and so I showed up, and I really liked it. It kind of felt like a retreat. Like, I felt like mm-hmm. I gained so much spiritually from this. So I decided just to come back again, and I just wanted to be a part of the whole experience. And, you know, it's so many things I don't know, and there's so many things that, I, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of new to me, but I have the opportunity to ask those questions and be in an environment where people are all wanting that information. And so it's just built me up, is what she told me. So I, I, nice. I, that's the coolest thing for me, I think, is that there's people like that that can come to this and get a great experience. Yeah, it sounds like you're improving their mass experience by explaining and developing their musical portion of that. 
Which is always so good. And you're, it sounds like, too, that you're not doing auditions as people are walking in. Oh, goodness, no. no we, we, we let you kind of volunteer where you think you'll fit best. If you think, you know what, I want to try out this chant thing. I've never done it before. Great. Yes. Be curious. Go for that. If you're like, wow, I, I think I kind of I can read music, but I've never had the chance to sing in a four-part choir before. Okay, well, there you go. Um, I just, I don't think I know how to read music at all. Um, that mm-hmm. cop of the beginner choir, the whole thing we're talking about in there is just how to simply sing <laughs> that, yeah just period that just give you the the opportunity to learn just a couple of general technique things if it's about reading music we're, we're going to dive into that too we're going to keep it as as basic and simple as possible so again everybody has the opportunity to grow from this wonderful well thank you so much for joining me this morning it's been great having you on any last thoughts uh any last push before i let you guys go I just hope you uh, come in with an open mind. Uh, join us there. And uh, yeah, I don't think you'll be disappointed. Absolutely. I, I, the great joy for me in, in this workshop every single year, it, it's a great, it's, there's so much work that has to go into it, especially now we're kind of getting into crunch time on the planning committee to get this done. Mm-hmm. But it's such a great joy to see so many people. I meet some new people every single year at this uh, workshop from throughout our diocese and the surrounding area. Um, and it, it just inspires me to see the, the hard work that so many people put into the liturgy, the hard mm-hmm. work that people uh, put into to making good music, uh, and how attentive and reverent people are to what the church is asking of us to do and to be good stewards of the liturgy and carry that out. It's a great mission that we're all founded in. We're all passionate. We all love music. And so it is just a wonderful, wonderful weekend. I, I'm looking forward to the opportunity to just sit down, have a meal, and then have a great conversation with people in the midst of everything. Love it. Well, Patrick McGuire and Father Eric Seitz, thank you so much for joining me this morning and for putting on this great workshop. I hope it goes well. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. All right. Thank you. All right, folks. So that was uh, a Fargo Diocesan Music Workshop that will be happening at the beginning of November. Go to the Fargo Diocesan website to find out more information or how you can get signed up. I'm Heather Carroll and I'm broadcasting today from the Mustard Seed here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House on the, the spotlight. So stay with us more right after this. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Did you know you can listen to Real Presence Live anytime on any podcast platform? Just search for Real Presence Radio on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and on the Real Presence Radio website. Then subscribe so you don't miss any future shows. If you like what you hear, give us a good rating so other people can find us as well. Real Presence Radio, your family of faith and hope. Uh, I remember even during that time, and and this was uh, during the beginning years of John Paul II's pontificate, and whenever I heard him on TV because he was always in the news, especially with his travels in Eastern Europe, Poland and all, I, I would hear the things that would come out of his mouth and I would go, there's no way this person is not close, closer to God than I am. Mm. Uh, you know. So I always had this sort of secret respect for, uh, for John Paul II. Of course, I never said this to any of my <laughs> brethren friends. You, know? you wouldn't dare. No, of course not. But I... I, I I, I don't mean to disparage them because they taught me to love the scripture. And interestingly enough, even though they, they do not believe in the real presence, 
of Christ in the sacrament. They had communion every Sunday. And so they really taught me to love the Lord's Supper uh, and to love the scriptures. And so I'm really thankful to them for that. As you think about your future, there is one more thing you can do to add certainty to your life. Write or update your will and estate plan. If you pass away without a plan, all you have worked for in life, financially and emotionally, will be decided and divided by someone you may have never met before. We have some tools to help you in your planning. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call Mike at 701-290-4503. 